0: We start in a rural village in Lithuania, and Samuel Berger told our interviewer, Jana Litinskaya, what he remembers about that day when he was 10 years old.
1: Early that Sunday morning, the 22nd of June, Father left for Kedainiae with a load of lumber. Somehow he found out that the Germans were attacking, and he made the only decision he could possibly make. He dumped his cargo, turned his wagon around, and galloped back home to Yonava. He told mother and grandmother to get packing. Father had no doubts about Hitler's soldiers. They would be killing Jews. First, Father harnessed three horses and tied two of them on the side to change horses later. We loaded what we could onto the wagon, pillows, blankets, sacks with provisions, and yes, winter clothes. And we set off, my two brothers, mother and me in the back, Father and Grandpa Alta at the reins.
0: Samuel Berger's family lived in the village of Jonova, a shtetl. Some 5,000 people lived in the town. More than 3,000 of them were Jews. And to give a bit of context, Lithuania had been part of the Russian Empire since 1795. And in the wake of the First World War, Lithuania, like its neighboring Baltic states of Latvia and Estonia, gained its independence in 1918. That lasted until June 1940 when the Soviet army occupied all three Baltic states. According to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum and Yad Vashem, around 160,000 Jews had been living in interwar Lithuania. But when the Germans attacked and occupied much of neighboring Poland in 1939, tens of thousands of Polish Jews sought refuge there. There could have been as many as a quarter of a million Jews in Lithuania then. And on June 22, 1941, the Germans attacked. It took the Soviet army until the summer of 1944, before they chased the Germans out of the Baltic states, and by then, over 95% of Lithuania's Jewish population had been murdered, most of them by Germans, some by Lithuanians. Samuel Berger tells us how his family escaped that day.
1: We joined the flow of refugees. It was a scary scene. Whole families with old people and kids on carts or on foot along the dusty road. Retreating units of the Soviet army went along with us. Refugees were bombed and the fascists definitely saw that they were bombing civilians. Their planes flew in low and shot at people trying to save themselves. A couple of kilometers later, my uncle Katz and his wife Rahil, they joined us too. Katz saved us because he was good at reading maps and could speak Russian, which none of us could. A Soviet officer gave him a map and told us to go through the forest and stay off the main roads. So we took back roads to get to Latvia. And that's where, at one of the stations, a Soviet (laughs) officer stopped us and demanded our horses. He told us that all horses were needed in the front. We weren't far from a place where we could board a freight train, crowded with other refugees, so we ran for it. The train started moving, it went for, I think, a hundred kilometres, but stopped. They told us to get off, because that train, too, was needed to bring wounded soldiers from the front. An officer told us, though, that we shouldn't worry. The war would be over in a couple more weeks, and they would come back to get us. There was a barn right in the middle of a field. He told us to go there and wait. So we stayed in this barn for a couple of days until Uncle Katz and father went to the nearest town to see what was going on. To their horror, they found the German army was only three to four kilometres away. Uncle and father raced back to get us. We threw our things together and were on the road. In a couple of kilometers, Grandfather Alter just sat down and said he couldn't go on. He said he would rest for a while and he would catch up. The picture of my grandfather wrapped in a blanket, waving goodbye, is engraved in my memory forever. It was the last time I saw him. As for us, We walked around 200 kilometers until we got to a Russian town, Velikie Luki, and we were told to go to the train station, where a train with refugees was about to leave. We got on an ordinary passenger car, crammed full with people, then changed to a freight train, horribly overcrowded. We set off, and it was three weeks before we got off the train. We were in Tartarstan.
0: The Berger family spent most of the war in Tartarstan, where conditions were brutal. Samuel watched his grandmother starve to death, and his father was drafted into the Lithuanian Division of the Soviet Army. The Burgers returned to Lithuania in 1946. With the Jewish community of Yonava almost totally destroyed, more than 2,100 of its Jews had been murdered, the Berger family settled in Vilnius, where they huddled together in a single basement room. In the years that followed, Samuel Berger served in the Soviet Army, joined the Communist Party, and worked as a printer and a locksmith. In 1956, he married Maya Zauber, who had spent the war in Siberia, and they had two daughters. Samuel told Jana Litinskaya, our interviewer, that on the very day Lithuania became independent in 1990, Maya burned his Communist Party card and the two of them immediately began making plans to travel around Europe and Israel. The burghers also became regular visitors at the newly reconstituted Jewish community Samuel told us that he spent much of his time with the other few Jews from Yonova who had survived the war and, like him, lived in Vilnius. And every year they would return to Yonovah to remember how they had fled and that too many others were not able to on June 22,
1: 1941. <laughs> Samuel Berger died in
0: 2018, age 87.